Welcome to the podcast of First Baptist Church of Robbinsville. Thank you for joining us. We trust that the teaching of God's Word will speak to you. Good morning, and can we just go ahead and start saying Merry Christmas? You kind of feeling it? You're feeling it. You've had your tree up for a month, right? Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right. Welcome. Welcome. If you're visiting here with us today, we welcome you this fine morning uh, following Thanksgiving where everyone is full of turkey and full of black knot pride excitement. And we're here and we're gathered. Christmas season is here. And just and so we're good, fat and happy. All right. So we're in Hebrews chapter 13. Today we wrap up Hebrews chapter 13. If you'd, if you'd like to go ahead and turn there, please do so as we conclude this series that we've been exploring uh, for several months now. And so let's, let's recap for just a moment kind of where, where we've been and, and, and how we got here. Each week the speaker tends to remind, the, remind everyone that the recipients of Hebrews were a people who had come to faith in the gospel, but among the people were a people that were beginning to question, did I make the right choice? I've abandoned everything for this new life. Did, did I go wrong? So there were doubts, there were worries, there were fears. And so the culmination of the book of Hebrews, which I realize we didn't explore in depth, chapters 1 through 10, was this long I want to call it an argument, but just a a reminder of here's what the scriptures said, and here's how they were accomplished in and through Jesus Christ. Worry no more. Be free. Move forward. Don't go back. And so you remember how we stepped in in chapter 10, and we got to that that beautiful section at the end of chapter 10 where, where the text said that God has no pleasure in the one who shrinks back or turns back. And then there was that declaration in chapter 10, verse 39 that said, but we are not of those who draw back to our own destruction, but we are those who believe in the saving of the soul. So we keep moving forward in faith. And so we could essentially sum up then our time in chapter 11 by saying we saw every week examples of what it looks like to live by faith. And every story looked different, but every story was a reminder that the God of the Old Testament is still the God of the New Testament, Jesus, the same yesterday today and forevermore. And so we were, we were being strengthened by looking into their lives and saying, wow, if God will work in their lives, so will he work in my life. And so chapter 11 essentially pointed us to the faithfulness of God in the lives of people who trust him. When we moved into chapter 12, we saw what we might say is exhortations to the faith. And so chapter 12 had some tough moments. It had some really challenging passages. But you remember how chapter 12 started out? By telling us, look to Jesus, the faithful one, the one who authorized and finishes the faith. Look, at, look to him. Don't take your eyes off of him because when you do, you begin to stumble. You begin to trip up. And so there was lots of passages in chapter 12 that were meant to encourage or exhort you in this race of faith. And there was this, there was, there was, there were these moments where 
we can tend to look at life as a marathon and it's like, wow, this is so hard. This is so, this journey is so long. And then other times life can almost feel like a, you're sprinting at the end of a race. And so, but God can supply the strength for the marathon and God can supply the strength for you and I to gut it out in a really hard week, in a really hard day. And it's God who supplies that strength for endurance. So endurance came up a lot in chapter 12. Then as we moved a couple weeks ago into chapter 13, you could say that now the text pointed us to the evidences of the faith. Now the text kind of got more real and more practical and more personal to really just say, if you and I are allowing the faithful one to work within us day in and day out through our lives and as we go to school and as we go to work and as we go home, here are some of the evidences, here are some of the fingerprints that you will see in your life and others will see in your life. And so remember, we kind of spent some time talking about the phileo love, the friendships that will be built and created, which is why it's so cool that people are still here sometimes at like two o'clock in the afternoon uh, on a Sunday talking and just sharing life together. We looked at how God is well pleased with the, the stranger love and whenever there's a love culminated amongst the people for a people that we've never met. We, we looked at how God is well pleased whenever marriage within the church is held to a high honor and it's inviting to those that don't hold to that standard. It's warning them to come in and see the happiness that God, the faithful God, will pour into the marriage that goes after him. And then we, we looked at that idea of covetousness, fun word to say. We looked at what it looks like to, I see you back there laughing. We looked at, it's a hard word, it came up in life group a lot this week. But it's, we, we looked at how God is well pleased when I can be happy for what you have and you can be happy for what I have, but what you have and what I have doesn't control how we feel about our things or one another. Because we are, we are set free, we, we are content with what we have because of who we have. And he's the one who never leaves and never forsakes us. And so we moved into the end, uh, that, that another kind of challenging passage last week as Ethan walked us through it while we were gone for the week. So thank you for that. God bless Ethan. I, can I just say I'm so glad that we have men to stand in the pulpit and just you don't feel like you have to come back. And he said, what? And you got you to kind of go around and try to fix all this stuff. And so it's such a, just such a blessing, our church family. But Ethan really emphasized verse 13 of chapter 13 that we would be a people who go forth unto him outside the camp, bearing his reproach, that we would be a people that don't shy away from the, the pain that comes with or the suffering that comes with following Jesus. And, and, and so we were really challenged and encouraged um, by that text. And so the big idea in chapter 13 is we see that the one who walks by faith is active. There is a constant activeness as we pursue the things of God and he is at work in our lives. And so just imagine now, we've come to the end of this letter. And there's one final thing for the, that the Holy Spirit wrote to leave this church, to give the people that were just kind of on the edge, that were kind of like, oh, I'm going to go this way, I'm going to go this way, to grab hold of and just to say, think about this. Grab hold of this before you turn and walk away. And so it is here in Hebrews 13 
at the end of this epistle, starting in verse 18, that I would love to invite you to please stand with me in reverence and honor for the reading of God's holy, inerrant, inspired, infallible word as we are challenged to be faithful to the finish. Verse 18 says, pray for us. For we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things, desiring to live honorably. But I especially urge you to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now, may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I appeal to you, brethren, bear with the word of exhortation, for I have written to you in few words. Know that our brother Timothy has been set free, with whom I shall see if he comes shortly. Greet all those who rule over you and all the saints, those from Italy, greet you. Grace be with you all. Amen. Heavenly Father, it's just here that we bow and that we ask that your word throughout this season of 2021 would not return void, but it would accomplish within the hearts of the people all that you have desired, that we would believe and know and rely upon you and who you are and the character that you have revealed in the way that you've worked in the lives of people and ultimately demonstrated through the giving of your son Jesus. We ask that we would be a people who are growing in our faith but we, when we think about looking back, we see it as not even an option because life is looking forward and life is looking to Jesus. So we ask your blessing now as we close out this epistle today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I really want to camp out for a moment in, in verses 20 and 21. But before we move to verses 20 and 21, can we just make this observation from the text that whoever wrote the book of Hebrews clearly has a really good relationship with the people uh, that, that, he, that was receiving this letter. When you look at verse 18 and 19... Maybe just feel that as a parent or a grandparent that you've watched your kids go off to college or you've watched them go away for a long time or maybe, maybe move away. Maybe Thanksgiving for a lot of you was a gathering with friends and family that you hadn't seen in a really long time. And just when you look at verse 18 and 19, just do you feel the author saying, wow, I really miss you. And I really long to be with you. And, and, I, and I, I really want you to pray that our coming together could happen more quickly than we think it would. There's a relationship there, and I think it's noteworthy to say the relationship that the author shares with the people is directly connected to the depth of the depth of the Word of God in which he could write to the people. You think about this. Our closest relationships will be directly connected to our depth of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. When we're all growing in Him, what we share together is just going to go deeper. It's, it's, it's going to be richer, and it's going to be more full. And, there's, and it's, it's just fun to think about Sunday mornings as a, I'm getting to see my people I'm longing to be with my, with my people. I, I'm getting to go and see her and see him and ask him and her, how's your week and how's your Thanksgiving? There's, a, there's, there's this beautiful picture when God's children 
just love to be with each other. So he gets over there in verse 22. And it's interesting that he said, you know, I, I, you, I want you to pay attention or bear with what I wrote to you. I tried to be really encouraging uh, words of exhortation and I only wrote you a few words. And we would probably look at this and be like, dude, that's a thesis. I mean, really? That, that, the book of Hebrews is huge, man. But he didn't think it was too much. He thought he kind of kept it brief, which is pretty interesting. But it's neat that he calls to mind Timothy. As a church, we went through the whole book of First and Second Timothy. Do you remember in Second Timothy how one of the last things that the Apostle Paul said was, Timothy, when you come, bring the coat and bring the books and bring the parchments. And Timothy was in Ephesus. He had to go all the way to Rome, Italy. And so there seems to be this picture here that Timothy came. Timothy got put in jail. And the author wants everyone to know because they have this relationship together that, hey, you've been concerned for Timothy. He's good now. So just, just, let's just be encouraged as we continue to grow together that God really is well pleased with this love and this care that the church can share with, with, with one another. Okay, had to get that off my chest. Let's dive into verse 20. When you look at verse 20 and 21, I found that there is something really just magnificent here. And I hope that I can share it with you as God has revealed it to me in this past uh, week and a half. Verse 20 really just focuses on who God is and what God has done and is currently doing. And then, so then verse 21 is kind of now saying, here's who God wants to make you. Here's what God wants to mold you into because of who he is. And, and here's what God wants to do in your life to show off what he has done through Christ. But what's fascinating is there's a word that's right in the middle of verse 20 and 21. I've got it highlighted in blue up here. And, and it's, it's this word, I'll try to say it right, katartizo. Katartizo. And the word actually comes up two times. It's, it's the word make and the word complete. And it's, it's God's way of saying, I, I want to make you or I want to mold you into what you ought to be. But in order for me to do that, I need the freedom to, to, to work within you. I, I need this process to happen inside of you so that it starts flowing outside of you. In other words, I don't want you to jump into doing, doing, doing on the outside unless you're allowing me to work and to mold and to do my thing on the inside. And, and so this, this one word really helps give us a, a bigger understanding, I think, of what the whole book of Hebrews has been saying. So I'm asking, let's, let's move through this. And I want to give you kind of three ideas to encourage your, uh, our continued understanding of this season of faith that we've been on. The first one would be this. By faith, we embrace the process. This word, katartizo, is when you look at it from the point of view of something that's broken, it means to set that broken thing back in place. It means to mend or repair that thing that has, that has been broken. And so the, 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 the idea that, that would help us to understand it maybe a little better would be if you're being fitted for a suit or you ladies are being fitted for a dress, you get measured, and then someone goes and, 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 they, and they, fit, they, adjust, they fit that dress or that suit to your measurements, right? Well, the opposite is true for this word, katartizo. The, 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 the picture is this. Here's the suit, and here's the dress, and so what do we need to, to, to do to you 
to, in order to, to fit you into the suit. Actually, you know what I just did? I'm looking at two slides up here. Let, ignore that for just a second, and let me come back to that here in just a second. Let me go back to this one. I was looking at the wrong one. Katartizo means to set in place or mend or repair. Okay, here we go. Raise that for just a second. The picture here, whenever, whenever something is broken, you get excited, you kind of get, get a little carried away. The picture here is whenever, whenever something is broken and it has to be put back together, it, it has to be set in place. Think about for a moment a broken bone. Whenever a bone has been broken, katartizo means the doctor has to set it back in place. And so you ever broken a bone? Now, aren't you glad that the way in which the doctor goes to set that bone back in place is very gently, is very tenderly? And so in order for you and, and, and for me to get, let's say you broke your leg, in order for you and me to get walking or running again, we have to embrace the process. In other words, you can't just walk in and be like, doc, broke my leg, pack back in, and then we take off running again. We have to embrace the process. We have to give it time to heal. And then we have to let it gain strength back one day at a time. Well, this is the picture of the journey of faith that we're on. Think of it like this from the point of brokenness. If you grew up, in a, if someone grew up in a broken home, they, all of a sudden, they don't just wake up one day and they know how to lead a home. If someone grew up and they had a broken relationship with their parents, they don't just one day become a parent and know how to exercise their faith and just be this great, loving, shepherding parent. It's a process. And the process is this, and we, you know this, and we, we all know this. When someone comes to faith in the gospel... You're saved, they're saved, I'm saved, we're saved, we're secure, we're forgiven. But all of a sudden, we don't just, we don't just magically now know how to lead a home or, 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 or parent, right? So, katartizo means this. Let your heavenly father set that bone back in place. Let him set in place what has been broken and, and embrace the process as a husband, as a wife, as a parent, as a, as, a, as a learner and know that this is one day at a time where we're allowing our faith in him to, to be implemented into our life and he doesn't give it all to us at once. So this word, katartizo, was used in the Gospels, Matthew and Mark, when Jesus walked upon the fishermen and they were mending, they were mending their nets. Their nets were broken. Their nets wouldn't hold fish. And so the nets were useless unless they were mended. So I had, I had a similar experience several years ago. We were fly, I was fly fishing on Hazel Creek with the men. And I looked over on the bank and, and, and it's kind of laid up just like this. There was this fly fisherman's net, which costs about 40 or 50 bucks. And it was washed up under a bunch of debris. And, and, and I got really excited. When I, when I seen it, I ran over there and I picked it up and I looked at it. And I was like, oh man, it's, it's broken. It's, it's, it's torn up. It's probably been here for, for several months. It's useless. But within me is joy because I'm thinking, if I can just go home and mend it together. If I can just go home and put some zip ties together and, 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 just, and, and fix those holes, this will now be useful. It will now be an extra fly fishing net for my son. It will be an extra fly fishing net for a partner. So now, for, for now, watch this. God looks at you and I 
whenever we've had a bad day, we've had a bad week, maybe we have made, we have made mistakes or maybe we have just, we've saw things come out of us that we're just like, I just don't like that about myself. That, that just, it's not like him, it's not like her, and I just, I don't know how to move from here to there. And, and God says, I'm overjoyed to go get that net and to make something useful out of it. I'm overjoyed to mend together those broken pieces in, in your life where someone else gave you a bad model. I want to now give you a good model and I want to take that useless thing and make it into a useful thing. And so verse 20 and 21 tells us, look, look, at, look at what uh, verse 20 says about God. God is the, the God of peace. Who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead? You know, it's possible that you and I grow up or grew up at times. And because we saw someone always worry and always get stressed and always get anxious about things when things weren't working out as planned or the way they thought, that, that we learned how to respond that way. And so the picture here is, is we have to embrace the process because it's not a one-time fix. In other words, for you and I to allow the God of peace to move his peace into our lives, this is going to take time for you and me to identify what is it? What, what is it that I'm allowing or that I'm permitting to control my life such that I worry, I stress, and I become anxious? Sometimes it's a situation Sometimes it's a, it's a person. Sometimes it's a natural response that we learned over the years. But now look at this. The God of peace wants to, verse 21, make you complete in every good work. That would mean he wants his peace to work in us so that his peace works through us so that we become peacemakers because we're children of the God of peace rather than, well, you know, Every time, every, every time we're together, everything's good until it doesn't go her way. Everything's good until it doesn't go his way. And then she loses it. And then, then he loses it. And God is saying, look, this is a process. You think the, the, the recipients of the Hebrews letter really struggled whenever this idea came up? Did I do the right thing? Did I make the right? This had to have been very stressful to wonder, am I devoting my life to a Messiah that wasn't really the Messiah? Am I devoting my life to something that isn't even of, of God? And so this whole letter was written to really say this, let the God of peace work in you and don't, don't expect it to be a, just a really quick fix. Sometimes people walk away from the faith and this could have been true of the recipients of the Hebrews letter because they didn't get that quick fix. And as a church, we want to be a people that are saying, look, come and embrace the process as we embrace the process. We're all a broken people being mended together, being repaired, having, having things getting set back in place. Come embrace the process as we embrace the process because we're not trying to just say, just, just come to the altar for five minutes and it's just gonna all magically get better. We're a people that's trying to build relationships with one another, study the word with one another, ask questions to one another. And sometimes people walk away without ever giving the process time for, for God and relationships in the church to speak into their lives. Okay, now let's go into this next idea. 
This word kartartizo teaches us something else about what God is wanting to do in verses 20 and 21. Now, when something is lacking, this word means to fit or equip or adjust because something is lacking. And this, and this tells us by faith we can expect pain. Now, when you hear that word pain, the tendency is to shy away. The tendency is to be like, oh, that's not that really exciting of a, of a point and to connect that in with faith. But now, now think of this. There's a slogan that says, no pain, no gain. And, and, and the, the tough guy in us, we, we love this slogan. You ain't going to no, get no gains without, without going through the pain, right? But sometimes when it comes to our faith, people are really quick to walk away because, man, I, you know, I, I started trying to do the right thing. I started trying to follow Jesus. I started going to that church. I got plugged into that group, and life got harder, People started talking about me. People started questioning me, and I didn't know all the answers. And it wasn't like this before until I made that effort, until I got plugged in. And just, I, I don't know. And sometimes people, because of a little bit of hardships, because they begin to bear the reproach, walk away. Or they, they just conclude God's not in this because it just got more difficult because it's kind of the, the they have their, they've been taught the prosperity gospel mindset that God's for you and so everything is just going to be a bed of roses all the time. But now, think, think of this from this point of view. Let's come back to what I was saying earlier. You have a suit. You have a dress. And it's already fitted and let's say, let's, we'll just speak to adults for a minute, okay? Just bear with me for the, for the illustration. Let's say the, the suit or the dress is what you and I wore in high school. Now, what kind of work, what kind of pain would you and I have to go through in order to fit back into that? Anybody? Any, okay. We're having fun. No, no, but this is, this, is, this is the idea. And let me, let me paint it to you this way. Whenever, whenever chapter 10 in Hebrews began, the author of Hebrews begins to talk about a shadow. And, and he says, look, look, the Old Testament law is like a shadow. You can see it. You, you can get an idea of what God is like, but you can't completely understand who he is because all you can see is a shadow. If you go back to the law, you're just going back to a shadow. You'll never be made complete. And so he says this, I want you to look at the one casting the shadow. The one who's casting the shadow actually left heaven and came to earth and he put himself in a body. So watch this. Here's our word, kartartizo. Therefore, when he, Jesus, came into the world, Jesus said, Sacrifice and offering you, the Father, did not desire, but a body you, the Father, have cartartizo prepared for me. In other words, you took the glory and splendor of heaven, the Son of God, the creator and sustainer of the earth that spoke everything into existence that Ben just prayed about earlier, and you made him fit into a body. In order for Jesus to come and reveal to us who God is, who, who God is he had to come in katartizo. He had to put on a body. He had to limit himself for a time. And you think about him as an infant during Christmas season in need of his mom's milk, in need of someone to change his, well, they didn't have diapers back then, but whatever they had, in need, in need of someone to bathe him and take care of him. You think... 
And then as he grew up, you remember Ben mentioned this in a sermon a while back. It's, it was from Hebrews 5.8 that as a son, he learned obedience to the things that he suffered. The son of God who came sinless still learned to obey his father's will not, and not do his own will by pain, by suffering. And so we come back to this idea. When something is lacking, by faith, we're, we are embracing, or we are, we're embracing the process, and we know with the process comes pain. So now think of this. Most people will tell you they want a happy marriage. We were created for happiness. We want a happy marriage. But, but what comes with that desire can really be painful. It can be challenging because in order for two people to have the happy marriage that God wants, that really just means this. It means that we have to talk about things. It means that we have to sit down and be like, why did I react this way? And what were you thinking on, on this? And we have to talk things out and come to, come to an agreement. Whereas the easy thing to do the easy thing to do is just, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. Let's fight and get it over with and go to bed and just do it again the next day and do it again the next day. Most people will tell you they want to be financially stable. But when it really comes to budgeting, it's painful. It's it, because it, it causes you and it causes me to say yes to this, but no to that. Uh, no to that. Uh, probably shouldn't with that. Well, we could, but in light of our goals, we probably say, say no to that. But it's being financially stable is, is painful. Most people would say, you know, I, I really want to parent well. And I want a good relationship with my parents or I want a good relationship with, with my children. But when we study God's word and we look at this idea of shepherding and we look at how the good shepherd in verse 20 points us to this idea that we're sheep, he's the shepherd, and the good shepherd takes the sheep to the green grass and the still water. Well, you would agree, and I would agree. Sometimes children don't want to be led. Hey, here's what we're going to do today. Uh-uh. No, 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 I got this great idea. We're going to go do this, and we're going to, I don't want to. Okay, I got you this new outfit, and we're going to wear this today. Mm-mm, I don't like it. And so, and so sometimes, sometimes, Two, two wheels are conflicting with one another. Look, if I asked all the kids to go home today, you're going to go camping for the next three days in the woods by yourself. Write down everything that you need. Well, they could come up with a pretty good list. I mean, there would be a lot of Debbie cakes and there would be some Mountain Dew. And there, but then if I said you as a parent... Go home and write down everything that you want your child to have as they camp in the yard or in the woods for the next three days. Well, your list would look a lot different than their list. And then, and then when it comes time for them to go, there's going to be some conflict because your will knows better than their will, but they don't always understand that, your, that their will is, is, is missing something that your will has, and your will has their best interest at heart. And so there's this picture. That sometimes whenever two wheels in the home are conflicting, the easier thing to do is just always take the kids to someone else. The easier thing to do is just turn on a movie. The, the, the challenging thing to do by faith, whenever we want our homes to be nurturing and shepherding the way the good shepherd shepherds us as his sheep, 
The challenging thing is those intentional conversations. The challenging thing is following up with what you said. The challenging thing is just not giving in when they've asked for the 786th time, can I go or can I have that? No. The challenging thing is sometimes doing the hard thing, but the hard thing is sometimes doing the best thing. And so as, as we move through this, I begin to think about Ben's last sermon or his sermon in Hebrews 12, whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And you remember in chapter 12, it said this in verse 10, he disciplines for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. It's, this, this is the idea of katartizo. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. It's actually really painful it's hard. So can I just say that if you've had a hard week, if you've had a hard month, or you've had a hard year, this is part of the process. And it's not that God has beaten you up, but, but there's along this journey, God wants to yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained for it. And so he's just asking us the same thing we ask of our children. Will you trust me? But I know it's hard. I know sometimes you don't understand. I know it's hard. I know this is difficult. I know it can be confusing. But can you trust me? And will you let me mold you and make you and conform you and fit you into that? I know you don't fit in that dress right now, but we're going to get you there. And isn't it true that one of the things that motivates most people to begin a weightlifting program or to, or to begin a, a, a weight loss program or, or is because they see someone that, look, that, that has done it and they're like, wow, man, if, if, I mean, if you, if you can do that, surely, surely I can do that. And God is wanting the church to, to go through the, process, the, 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 the pain that sometimes and the reproach that we have to endure so that other people would look in and be like, wow, it really doesn't shake you. You keep going and you keep going and you keep going and you and you don't let up. But look, as a church, we we want to be for, we want to be real with people. Don't walk away because it's not easy. Don't walk away because you you begin to take your marriage seriously and it got really tough and and so it's like I'm just going to go back to what we were doing because at least back then we fought, we got it over with, we fought again, we got but we we didn't go through this. When. It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. It will be significantly better. And so by faith, we can say this. God wants us to get excited about the possibilities. God wants us to to get excited about the potential because this word katartizo means to make or mold one into what he ought to be. God always has the final outcome in mind. And sometimes people walk away from the faith. People walk away from the church. People say, I'm done. I tried it. I did it. It didn't work for me, but it worked for you. I'm glad it worked for you. It didn't work for me. But they never saw what God really has in mind. And as parents, what we often need to keep in mind is the ultimate, you know, who, our children, who we want our children to be shepherded into when they're 18 or 22 or 25, especially on those really hard days. And what God always has in mind is is the outcome. And so by faith, he asks us to look. And although we can't see the outcome, but we can get excited about the work that he's doing because he's taken us somewhere as individuals and as a church. And so now remember back in um, Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, we got to the very end. 
and we saw two totally different outcomes. This was so eye-opening for many of us. And I remember Ben preached his sermon. But we saw this one group of people who, because they lived by faith and they, they, they embraced the process and they went through the pain, they, they stopped the mouth of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword and out of weakness, they were made strong and became valiant in battle. But you remember the next paragraph? The first paragraph, they, stories, good stories. They were delivered. The next paragraph, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others were tempted and they were slain with the sword and they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. Faith doesn't always have the same outcome, but we can still get excited about the possibilities because, because that chapter ended by saying, look, all of these had a good testimony. They obtained a good testimony through faith. They didn't give in when it got hard. Jesus didn't get in, give in when it got hard. They, they continued to trust the character of God beyond the difficulty of their situation. And look what the text says. They didn't receive the promise, but God provided something much, much, much better for you, for me, for us. Chapter 11 is meant to reach into the Old Testament and say, God wants to work just like that in your life today. He wants to part the Red Sea. He wants to tear down the walls of Jericho. He wants to move mountains to bring you to a new place. And as a church, I think, man, based upon the word, we got to keep believing this and keep staying excited about what he's doing and what he's going to do. I, I, I can't help but then think about Friday night. And just, you know, there's this amazing victory that the football team had, coaches and players that are here. Man, what an awesome win. But I, I thought, man, just in April, in the fourth round of the playoffs, we played Murphy at home. We lost. It was what? Well, it was painful. And I kind of, I just wondered, I wondered how many of those young men just used the, that night to motivate, to not give up, but to encourage them all that more, to work hard. And even though when you work hard, it's not guaranteed that you're going to win. But man, when you, whenever those guys won like they did Friday night, it makes it that much sweeter because you put the hard work and you put the, the time into it. And I could just hear one of those players on senior night thanking one of his coaches Saying thanks to this coach because you never gave up on me. You kept at, you kept telling me to stick with it, to stay on the team, and keep coming out every day. And I wanted to give up, but as a coach, you stayed on me, and it's worth it. And I'm glad. And just you see your heavenly Father just encouraging. Don't let this walk of faith overwhelm you. Don't get discouraged and walk away. Don't get slack and get passive and just I'm just gonna turn on the TV. Hadn't read my Bible in a month. I'm just going to turn on the TV. Oh, look, I want to close out. I want to close out by, set by, by a, a really familiar uh, person. You know this guy. Last week it was Braveheart. Today it's Rocky. But look, Rocky Four is the best movie. Everybody agree? You, you should agree with that. If you don't agree with that, don't raise your hand. Okay. It, but in Rocky Five, which is the movie no one really remembers, there's this really epic moment where Rocky's son, Rocky's about to fight again, you know, come back Stallone. And his son is, is looking at his dad and he's saying, look, life on me is really hard being your son. 
Because everybody associates me with you. And the son is really saying, Dad, will you please not fight? Because it just everything that you do makes life on me more, more difficult. And there's just this really awesome father-son speech that I think is, is, is really is powerful. And, and, and Rocky stops and, and, look, and looks at his son. And he said, look, from the time you were born, I held you in my hand. And I loved you. I adored you. You're my son. I've cherished you from that day till now. And he said, I always knew the time would come for you to be your own man and take on the world. And you did. And and Rocky looks and he says, but somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and and tell you that you're no good. And when things got hard, you started looking for something to blame, like a big shadow. And he looks at him. He says, let me tell you something that you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's very mean and nasty. And I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. And then he says, but it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then you go out and you get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying that you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that. And that ain't you. You're better than that. And he looks at him and he says, you're my son. You are my blood and I will never stop loving you. No choice that you make will change my love for you. Can you just kind of pause right here? Maybe this week or this year has been really tough for you. And when it's just tough and it seems like it never stops you, it's so tempting to kind of just shrink back. Where's God? Where, where is he at? What is he doing? And can you just hear your heavenly father say, I want you to know what you're worth. But it's going to take faith for you to believe what you're worth because I sent heaven to earth to communicate your worth. And I want you to be healed and set free of those who have hurt you and those who have gotten your way. And I want permission. Link of this. The God of heaven is saying, I want permission to kartartizo, to make you, to mold you, to mend you, to repair you, to fit you in and to mold you into all that I desire to be because you're my daughter and you're my son. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we can look around and we can see that there are just, there's moments of, of life that are just, it feels overwhelming. It feels like the Red Sea is before us and the Pharaoh's army is pursuing behind us. Help us today to be a people that would look and say, we're yours. We belong to you because of who Jesus is and because of what Jesus has done. And let who you are continue to mold how we see ourselves. And let what you have done and are still doing for us have the freedom to work within us so that your work is working out of us and so that we are always becoming a people that through faith are being molded 
into all that you desire. Father, I pray that the unbelievers that would be here or would be watching online would believe that and become desperate for the gospel. And I pray that as a church that we would continue to move forward in this process, welcoming the pain, but looking with excitement towards the possibilities. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you were encouraged by the teaching of God's Word. If you have questions or would like more information about our church, you can find us at www.robbinsvillefbc.org or call the office at 828-479-3423. God bless you and have a great day.